Welcome to the final episode of season one of the Mass Business Podcast. My name is Matt Ward. I'm so excited that you're here and I have a great guest for you today. That's right. My guest is Kathleen Lawson. She's a business strategist who helps entrepreneurs make a bigger impact in the world by helping them create the structure and routines to get things done, to achieve their goals, and to implement their vision. Kathleen's focus is on prioritizing goals, creating action plans, implementing processes and systems, and maintaining accountability to execution. Kathleen runs 12-week accountability groups and also works one-on-one with clients. You are going to love this conversation because if you've been listening for the last 19 episodes, you know we talk a lot about process, systems, and improvement. And we're going to dig into that today with our guest, Kathleen Lawson. Are you ready? Let's go! Welcome to the Mass Business Podcast, where small business owners, also known as risk takers, share their stories about the growth of their business and themselves. Our interviews and our content is focused on growing a small business and understanding networking and referrals. I say it all the time, and I'll say it again today, you never know where your next referral will come from. Hey, and welcome back to the episode 20 of the season one of Mass Business Podcast. Uh, Welcome to the show, Kathleen. Thank you, Matt. I'm excited to be here. I'm excited to have you because you you speak and serve audiences and business owners in a way in which I just, I could eat it for breakfast, lunch, and dinner every day. So why don't you, in just a quick synopsis under 30 seconds or so, tell the listening audience on their favorite podcast platform or the viewers on YouTube what it is you actually do. Uh, well, you you summed it up well in the intro, but I work with business owners who have a vision for their business and they just they, they, they're challenged by how to get there. And so I help them get there. We prioritize the goals, we break it down, put a plan in place, we dig into processes and systems and get those set up. And then we really focus on execution, which is about how they get the things done week in and week out, a lot around accountability. And they and they end up moving right towards that vision that they're trying to implement for their business. So that's what I do. All right, great. Now let's dig into the stuff that most business owners don't want to talk about. How'd you get here? How did you, Kathleen, get to this point where you were helping others be accountable? Because I know, and we've talked about it on this podcast already in the first 19 episodes, that getting things done, time management related issues, are a problem in small business and solopreneurs. How did you get to where you are today? Well, you know, it's funny because I think a lot of entrepreneurs struggle with it because they're um, they're idea people. So they have lots and lots of ideas. They're big picture people. They're risk takers. And so they're up there and they love. And I think like <clears throat> implementing the ideas excuse me, is never as much fun as coming up with them. And that's where a lot of entrepreneurs live. They live in that. Excuse me. Yeah, no, that's a, that's a definite issue. Like they're, they're in that creative mode 
right? The, 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 the visionary, so to speak, that one book, um, uh, traction talks about with Gina Wickman, the visionary, not so much the implementer. Right. So I came up through the other side of the world. I, um, <clears throat> I have a back, <clears throat> excuse me. <clears throat> I am, um, there we go. I came up through project management and marketing and operations and all that kind of stuff. Um, so oh. my corporate background, I came up through that side of the world. And then um, for a number of years I did, um, as working for myself, I did a lot of coaching. So yeah. now a couple of years ago when I started this business, I sort of took all those pieces and put them together. And that's how I ended up really um, on this side of things, working with people on the structure, on the systems, on the processes, on all those things to get the things done. Yeah. So that's interesting, right? So you didn't come from the visionary side of things. You came from the implementer side of things. And I kind of think that that's sort of, I mean, I, I don't know if this is the right analogy, but I think of it like left brain, right brain related stuff, right? It's yeah. like either you're good at that or you're not. I was, I'm never a good, I'm an action taker, but I'm not a completer. Right. You know, I think one of the things that sets me apart and, and allows me to really help people is that I kind of, I, I, I kind of ride that rail. I can do both. I can see the big picture, um, but then I can dig into the details. So that's what's helped me to be able to translate, I think, for people. Um, but but yeah, I, th- I find that probably 85, 90% of the entrepreneurs I work with, when we start talking about the details, they just <laughs> get this funny look on their face. Um, right. it's, it's not natural for them to, to live on that side of things. So, so yeah, so we try and, um, try and help them put the, the systems and the structures in place that they, that they can live with, but that's going to help them get things done. Because the thing is, like, if you spend, if you live in the winging it, world all the mm-hmm. time, you're never going to get very far. There's only so many hours in the day mm-hmm. and you can only get so much done if you're doing it all and you're just sort of like winging it. You need to put some sort of structure in place at some point in order to grow bigger. Yeah. And I guess that's part of the problem is too, is that I see a lot of small business owners that want to grow, but they often don't have a plan in which they want to grow or a way in which they want to grow. And they often don't know the direction in which they want to grow. I see this all the time. I saw this a lot. I see it in my coaching business with the referral side of things. But I also saw it when I owned the web design agency. Is that mm-hmm. I I had I have had friends who would say the first person I'm going to hire is um, a salesperson. And I'm like, no. That's usually the worst person. It's usually the project manager or the coder or the, the action oriented person and the brain of the business owner is thinking, no, no, no. Well, so I love to do those things. And so that's what I do. And, and I'm like, no, you don't understand. You're the best salesperson. Like you will never sell, you know, they will never sell as much as you typically. And so the easiest way to, that I've seen to grow is to have an individual who is going to add a production oriented person and have and free up more time for the owner to do the sales and business development stuff. Do you see similar things? Yes, absolutely. Um, on the sales side, like you, you shouldn't be thinking about sales people until you 
you have to be pretty far down that road. You have to have a really proven offer before you bring somebody in as a salesperson, because there's a, a kind of a, a rule of thumb out there or a thought that a salesperson should be bringing in, I think it's like four times or eight times or whatever the salary um, that you're paying, mm -hmm. whatever you're paying them, they should be bringing in that much more in business. And so in order to do that, one, you have to have, you really kind of have to have a proven offer um, in order for them to do that. And, mm -hmm. But yeah, I think I think that I think for a lot of business owners, the first place is sort of that you I think would you say doing the kind of the doing stuff, the administrative mm -hmm. stuff. And it's really, um, yeah, getting you getting the business owner out of a lot of those one, a lot of those details they're not very good at um, or that they don't want to do that they're not good at. That's taking up their time. Um, I mean, when you think about it, people get into business because there's some they have some skill or some passion mm -hmm. and that's what they want to bring to clients. But the minute their business starts growing, they take them. They, they, they spend more time on all of the running the business stuff versus what brought mm -hmm. them there in the first place. So yeah, like a VA is a real common first um, mm -hmm. step and it could be somebody doing administrative things. It could be somebody doing social media. It could be, um, you know, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. What your business is, there may be some bit of the client or the service delivery that somebody can help with depending on what it is. Um, but that's, yeah, the sales piece. And then plus like the point that you made too about the, you know, your passion for the business and your understanding of it and all that kind of stuff. I mean, I, I think the, the sales, the sales help needs to come further down the line. I don't think. Yeah. It's person. so interesting because we always are looking for the new sale. We're looking for the new customer all the time, scratching and scratching and clawing our way. But it just, it doesn't work like we envision it. It's the same reason why it doesn't work if you don't find a target market. You find the target market, you become the expert in that field, in that industry consistently every day. Everybody knows that you're the VA for web developers. You're the VA for public speakers, right? Because here's the thing a lot of people miss is that I've been approached a lot as a professional speaker by people to help me, right? But if you already work with professional speakers, you already know the challenges, the struggles, the pain points that a professional speaker, you know how to submit a call for speakers. If you don't, you have no idea what a call for speakers even is. You're like, I'm calling people? No, you're submitting. Like, this is a problem, right? And so when you immerse yourself in this, and so many small business owners don't do that, right? And so that's a struggle. I'm really curious as to, you came from the execution side of the house when you were in the corporate world, right? And now you've had to do many, many other things, right? For your own business, right? Yes. <laughs> so you're doing sales, you're doing bookkeeping, you're doing, uh, I, I'd love to say That's payroll, but many of us don't have, have staff, right? Um, creative ideas on new service offerings and how I'm going to go to market and doing marketing and social media. What's that been like for you? <laughs> humbling. <laughs> All right. It is. I mean, yeah, you learn that, yeah, you can't be great at everything. You know, there's some things that, um, that are more challenging. And, um, and then, the, you know, it's interesting. I was just talking to a client this morning and we were talking through something that she is really struggling with. And I was like, why don't, let's just hire somebody to do that. Like, why are we, you know, why are you spending so much time 
trying to like you clearly don't enjoy this <laughs> you clearly it's not like in your wheelhouse let's just hire it out and you know and that's what i chose to do too there's some things that i chose to um hire out rather than spend a lot of time on it and plus like it's the mental thing like you know you can something it, it shouldn't take you you know 10 times as long to do something but sometimes you know we get so caught up in the mental energy around something that we just can't wrap our head around that it's it's just not worth it yeah and it's so interesting because um there's the time trade of money right the the idea of what it what it costs you to spend this time and learn how to do something and figure it out and struggle and struggle and struggle and struggle and some people are so headstrong in small business that they're like, I have to know how to do this before I can outsource it. Yeah. And other people are just like, you know what? No, I don't know how to do this. Um, I, I, if, if, if you say as my coach that I need to be on LinkedIn and I want nothing to do with it, I'm just going to hire somebody to do LinkedIn. Right. I'm, there are people that, that, that believe in that. And there's a great book. I've talked about it many, many times um, that it's, a, it's called who, not how. Yeah. And it's about finding the right person and not how can you do it. And yeah. one of the things I effectively did with my web agency years ago was I read the E-Myth. And then in there, there's an exercise where you create your ideal organizational chart. And you put the name of everybody who does the task, including like taking out the trash. And you put the name in the box. And then you slowly start replacing all of your names with other people's names. Ah, clever. And it's like oh, this is how this works. And so then I was able to build an agency with eight employees and grow to the point where I was able to sell it. And and I think, and by the way, when I sold it, I was working three days a week. Yeah. Like this was not, this was a lifestyle um, uh, business at some point too. So we got to think about that. And so how, how are you, how do you learn new things? How do you grow and stay up to date on what's going on, whether it be with, industry knowledge, business knowledge, you know, client knowledge, how, how, how are you staying up to date? Um, well, I'm in a couple of programs that, you know, I, that I invest in that are in areas that I want to um, work on. And then, you know, the, the different workshops and webinars and things that people do. Um, my, my issue with all that is like, I could learn all day. I love learning new things. And so I have to really kind of watch that, that I don't spend too much time on that. Um, but, but that's what I do. And the other thing too, is because of what I do for work, I, I need to kind of stay at least, I need to kind of know, even if I don't have a real in-depth knowledge of things, like I kind of need to know what's going on because my clients bring up all sorts of different things. So I kind of like to know um, at least something about different things because all mm -hmm. sorts of things come up. So, and, and I don't know, are you like me? Do you just Google something and then hit the videos tab and then go to YouTube and watch the how to videos oh, and yeah. now they have a feature. I don't know if you've noticed, but Google has a feature where it will outline the time stamps in a video yeah, I love where that. it talked about certain things. Yeah. Um, that, yep. That's really yeah. cool. I, I learned how to reset a lockbox the other day on that. Oh. There you go. Yeah, I, you know what, I'm definitely a figure it out kind of person. And, and, and that, and frankly, I mean, those are the people I kind of, I like to work with, or if I've helped people hire people, I mean, that's what I'm always looking for. Like, you know, sometimes you get somebody, it's like, no, I don't know how to do that. And then 
they don't say anything else. It's like, well, how about, I don't know how to do that, but I, you know, I'll figure it out or I'll learn or, you know, I kind of like that sort of mentality. How long have you been in business for yourself? Um, I have actually worked for myself for 20 years and different, wow. different things, but this, but what I'm doing right now, I've been doing about three years. Mm -hmm. And I know you do a lot of networking because we connected through networking. So, um, how, how, how much networking are you doing and how has that been advantageous or not so advantageous for your business? Oh, I built my business on networking. I um, I actually have a couple targets. I try and do six events a month. Um, so that's like, you know, a bunch of people at, at an event. And then um, six, at least 16 one-on-ones. I love it. Like, you know how many people I talk to that have no number in sight for the one-to-ones or even the events? I love that you know those numbers, six and 16. Those are great. How did you come up with those numbers? I think the, um, I'm trying to remember. I think the 16, that's four a week. And that seemed like, okay, you know, a good number. It wasn't too much, but it was enough that, and you know, and it's funny because some months like they're just like there, I start, you know, at the beginning of the month, I start tracking them. And before I know it, you know, I'm at 17, 19, whatever. Mm -hmm. And some months it's like, all right, I'm halfway through and I only have this many, like, let's go. And it's, you know, it's easy, like literally in a day, you can fill up the whole calendar if you just start messaging people. And then I think the six was like, that's, you know, somewhere between one and two a week. So. And are <laughs> you doing these one-to-ones with people you don't know or people you do already know? People I don't know. Usually it's people I've met at the event. So when I go to an event, mm -hmm. I usually kind of eyeball two or three people that seem interesting or that, mm -hmm. maybe you know, just for whatever reason, I, and I do, I'm one of these people I really believe in networking without agenda. I'm, um, I mean, if there's somebody that kind of lands in front of me that I think, wow, this would be a great person, but I'm also like, I'm kind of willing to talk to anybody. Um, because what I, what I've, I, I track like where my clients come from and so forth. And um, my most of my clients have come from networking referrals. So not people that ne I necessarily worked with, but people who I mm -hmm. met networking have referred me. So I'm willing to chat with anybody um, because, and I also love to connect people and given what I do, I'm often, I, I do a lot of connecting and I'm often helping people hire and find people for different things and so forth. So um, so I love just meeting people and um, and, Finally, it's so interesting you mentioned that, that majority of your referrals have come from people that you network with, not necessarily your clients. And I wrote in my first book, More Word of Mouth Referrals, Lifelong Customers and Raving Fans, that clients refer one to three people over a lifetime and partners refer one to three people a year. The centers of influence, the spheres that are around you that are serving the same markets you're serving are referring you even if they're not doing business. But yet so often, Kathleen, I meet with people and they literally say, no, all my clients refer me. And I'm like, okay, show me, show me. And they can't show me. They say, oh yeah, I track it. I say, okay, show me. Yeah. And they can't, they can't show me. So what happens is people believe that that's the case because they got a referral from a client, right? And so that's what they remember. And because that creates the dopamine hit in their head and they're excited that a client referred them. But here's what's really happening. What's really happening is clients aren't referring you because they don't want to share you. Subconsciously, <laughs> they don't want to share, right? They want coaches and service providers to be available when they need the help. 
That's why they don't refer. And the second reason is they're not in a position to refer. Because when's the last time, you know, you were talking to somebody and, you know, you, you said, like, literally like a handyman. Like, think about a handyman for a second. When's the last time you had a conversation where the handyman you used for something came up in conversation? It just doesn't, right? (laughs) But guess who does, where that does come up? It comes up when the plumber's in my house fixing stuff, the carpenter's in my house fixing something, the air conditioning person's in my house fixing something, and I have a conversation with them. Now they're in a position to refer the handyman. Right. And that happens more often than people realize. And so I just keep telling people like I and that's why we open this episode. As I always like to say, you never know where your next referral is going to come from. You got to keep doing the one to ones. So true. So true. Yeah, I um, I just thinking um, I, I just like in the last week, I've just signed three new one to one clients and one of them was actually was from a client referral. One was from, and two were from networking referrals. Mm-hmm. I didn't don't work with the other, the, either of the two people. So see that, I mean, and, 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 and that's repetition. It's consistency. It's showing up and networking all the time. Were they in networking groups that you're in? Um, yes. Yeah. What, yes, yes, yes. That's now totally. when you talked about running one-to-ones and you do 16 a month, how often, you know, what's your follow-up like on that? Like how, what are you doing after you do the one-to-one? I, um, I connect with them on social. I always ask people where they hang out. Are they Facebook mm-hmm. or are they LinkedIn? Um, and then I, I have a, I track them and then I just try and stay in t- touch kind of depending on like how we connect and if mm-hmm. we, um, you know, if I've got like a referral for them or if, you know, just depending on kind of how that mm-hmm. goes. But I, I try and go back and look at my list and stay in touch with people. I, I also kind of make a point of reaching out to a certain number of people a day. And so a lot of times it's just people I've connected with a few months ago, like, hey, what's going on? Mm-hmm. That's all you have to do. I tell my clients all the time, it's a number of reach outs you do. Yeah. The more often you do the reach outs, the more often you do the one-to-ones, I, I refer to them in my business as touch points. The more touch points you have with other people, the more things, referrals you get. Things bubble up. Like all, the minute you start connecting with people, like no matter how minor it is, I tell you, things bubble up. And there's, there's got, you know, not to get woo-woo, but there's something energetic about it, I'm convinced, you know. Like well, let me tell you too about this. So so first of all, I, I don't believe that people do business with who they know, like, and trust. I believe that people do business with who they know, like, trust, and care about. And when you show up to a one-to-one with no agenda, with no interest in selling someone something, with simply an interest on focusing on them and caring about them and sharing the world with them and understanding who they are, and then you follow up and you connect. That connection is so much deeper that it's it's a huge key for creating further relationships and producing a lot more referrals. And the reciprocal factor kicks in, right? Mm-hmm. And that's that that's that energy thing that you're talking about and how the world comes back and shows up because people know so if, and I say this all the time in my talks, if you care about people to get the referral, they will know and you will, ne- it, it will not work. If you care, however, because you care, then you will get referrals. Yeah. 
I, right? Yeah, I would agree. Because we can see through it, right? You oh, get yeah. on these calls with networking calls and 20 minutes in, it's going, eh, okay, it's struggle. You're you're asking questions, they're not asking too much. And finally you say something like, Well, who's a great person I could connect you with? And they say, Well, Kathleen, you know, I'm sure you got some life insurance. And we could talk about you moving that over to me. <laughs> yeah, that's awkward. That's gross. Like we don't want that's not what networking and referrals is all about. Right. I, I had that recently. I was connecting with somebody and, and boom, they, they threw the water filter thing at me. And I'm just like, yeah, no, I mean, I have a water filter. Yeah. But, but I, you know, I was telling you the benefits of ours. Okay. But I don't have a problem. Yeah. It's not broken. Like, this is not good. This is weird. It's odd. You know, we don't want to do that. Yeah. I think the one that like, sticks out in my mind the most that I've never forgotten. And this probably goes back about three years. I was at a live networking event and a woman walked up to me and started telling and tell me what she did. And I said, Oh, I said, I do that. And she like in the middle of my sentence, she turned on her heel and walked away. Like while I was talking because like I couldn't, yeah. And it, and obviously like, I've never forgotten this. It made such a big impact. Like I couldn't do anything for her. So therefore she had no interest in even letting me finish my sentence. Oh my goodness. So that, I mean, there's like, there's a big, like, there's a big lesson in that. Like, you know, it's what you just said. And it's about just talking with people and getting to know them and being curious and finding out. And it's so interesting because, um, I was at a trade show. Something almost similar happened. Check this out. I was at a trade show. I was walking the trade show floor. And I had an embroidered shirt on that said, at the time, my company was called Central Mass Web Design. It said Central Mass Web Design. And a guy walked up to me and he said, hi, how you doing? And I said, great. We shook hands. And uh, he said, uh, oh, here's my card. I do websites. And I said, oh, I'm good. Thanks. And he said, you don't want my card? And I said, no, I'm good. Thanks, though. And he said, well, but surely you know someone that does websites. And finally, <laughs> I looked at him and stared him in the eyes. And I said, and why? <laughs> why would I send them to you? And I pointed right to my shirt where it said Central Mass Web Design. And I just realized at that moment, I wrote a blog about it. I said, it was called Don't Be the Pez Dispenser, where you show up at a networking event and you just spit out cards, business cards, like you're a Pez Dispenser. It's just so wrong, right? And yeah, there's nothing natural about that. And who's going to do business with that? Like, I, yeah. No. And so those those folks, the people that turn around, while, while very, very rude about that, um, it's great because th those are people, like, that I talk about in my new book, yeah, they don't bring us joy, right? Yeah. We're not trying to do business with people like this. We're going to do business with people that make us smile. Right. Well, you know what? I like. I just had one a couple weeks ago. I'm. I had a one to one with somebody. We got through a half hour call, and that person didn't hadn't asked me one single solitary question. And I mm -hmm. wrote at the top of my page. I'm like, don't don't follow up. Yeah, like, I'm no just, follow. I'm not interested. Like, I do the same thing. I mean, I think, I, I definitely skew the time toward the others. I'm perfectly fine with that. Yeah, but. but if, if we get to a point, there's a there's a number of red flags in networking and one to ones. I mean, we could go on and on about this. I don't know if this is going to be a two hour podcast to end season one, but there's a there's a a couple of red flags that I think are super bad when it comes to 
one-to-ones. The first of which is you scheduled a one-to-one with me in my calendar within the last 72 hours. And then you either cancel or no-show. And you want to reschedule? No, nah, I'm good. Like, m- your time is not more important than my time. And this is something I think people really need to understand that no showing and rescheduling last minute. I mean, look, things come up. I get it. But there's a there's a complete way to handle this. And most yeah. of the things I'm dealing with are 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 are, are not reschedules or, or, or cancellations. They are complete ghosting, That's like right. not showing yeah. up. And they get they get four hour remind they get a one day reminder, a four hour reminder, and a thirty minute reminder. I'm yeah. like I I don't know how that works. So that's one issue. Then showing up on a Zoom call and not being on camera. Yeah. <laughs> doesn't work for me. I, I don't know who I'm talking to. How am I supposed to trust you? So th- this is something that I think a lot of people, I've done some videos about this on my YouTube channel, but if I can't, you, humans are ingrained that we want to be able to see your hands. And when Zoom, we can't really see your hands. At least we can see your face. Yeah, it's awkward. I've been taught as a professional speaker to never put my hands in my pocket when I'm on stage because the audience cannot see my hands. And that is a safety and security issue subconsciously in a lot of people's minds. (laughs) So that's, that's a big issue. Seeing people on zoom um, is a, is a, is a huge red, red flag with that. And then the thing like you talk about is 20, 30 minute call with like 28 minutes and you're getting ready to wrap up and there's no question or it's just like, Oh, that's cool. And then there's like no question. And I'm like, okay, you know, or I get on a call with somebody who I thought was a business owner, but there was no clear indication that they're not a business owner, that they work for somebody else, or um, they're just networking and sales pitching type of stuff. So, you know, unfortunately we see the red flags sometimes, but sometimes we just see them too late. We can't, we, yeah. we can't really stop the call, but these things are, are lessons, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, they, they build up our, our at bats, so to speak for identifying yeah. red flags in the future. Yeah. You know? Yep. That's awesome. And so, um, t- tell me about your biggest challenge when it comes to learning new things, whether it's through networking or other things, what, what are you challenged with and or not even so much learning new things, but what's the biggest challenge for you in your business? You're a solopreneur, right? I mean, there's a lot of solopreneurs listening. They want to hear what the systems and process person struggles with. <laughs> All the same things that everyone else does. <laughs> Wait, you know, um, you're not, you're not perfect. No, you know what? It was so funny. I just had this conversation. I mean, and I and I think a lot of us have this conversation a lot about how much we struggle with the same things that we help our clients with. It's like, what's that saying about the medicine you need is the medicine you prescribe? You know, uh, however, however that goes. Um, but I, but I do the same things, and you know, and I have my days and my weeks where everything's just kind of crazy, and um, you know, and I need to. Like let's uh, let's let's figure out what we're doing here and uh, and put a plan in place and let's work towards it. So, um, but I think like for a lot of people, it's yeah. I mean, it's putting the processes in place, figuring out how we're going to get the things done. It's figuring out what we're going to do versus what we're going to outsource. Um, you know, 
yeah, like, for, so for example, like one of the things um, you had asked me in, in our questionnaire was what, you know, something you've learned recently. And I recently have attempted to learn QuickBooks. <laughs> <laughs> and I actually did it for two reasons. One, my business isn't real complicated. So I don't, um, my books are pretty, um, pretty basic. And a lot of the bookkeepers I was talking to, like a lot of them have moved away from quarterly clients are only doing monthly. And I just didn't feel like my business warranted like monthly somebody, you know, outsourcing it monthly. Mm -hmm. So I was like, you know, maybe I'll just learn it. And the other thing too, is I have a lot of clients who are trying to work that into everything they're doing and they're doing their own QuickBooks and their own, um, their own, um, their own books and everything mm -hmm. and managing it in the, with, everything else they're doing. So I was like, we well, you know this would be good for me to learn this because then, I'm, then I'll understand the pain of all of this. And so th then I was like, all right, well, how am I going to learn this? And um, do I dig in? Do I take a class? And I ended up, I, there was somebody I networking on and meet somebody mm -hmm. at a networking event, had a one-to-one. -one. She's a bookkeeper. She tells me, Hey, I'm, you know, I'm getting ready to do this. You know, I'm like, what's going on in your business? She's like, well, I'm going to do my very first course. I'm going to teach QuickBooks over four weeks. And I was no like, way. Is that like, literally, like a week after I decided I'm going to like look into this. And I decided it was sort of a sign that, all right, I should do this because here it landed like right in my lap. I was thinking about it. So I ended up taking her, um, her course. Is over that four Beth? Weeks. Yeah, Beth Blaney. I know, I know her. I Beth Blaney. She's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. That's so, so great. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, so she ended up, I mean, we were on a networking call and she ended up with somebody in her course. So like, you never yeah, you yeah. Don't know how things are going to go. But um, yeah, and that's incredibly rare that it happens that way. But obviously you had a pain point you were looking to solve. She had the solution, so it worked out. Um, it also probably wasn't like, you know, you saying, hey, yeah, I'm looking to grow QuickBooks. It's probably more like she's telling you an update of what you're doing and you start thinking about, oh, hey, I could use that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I didn't yeah. bring it up at all. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, but that was something that I recently learned. You know, I mean, I guess one of the things about learning something new is, you know, you, I think sometimes we underestimate what it's going to take. And, um, yeah, the time. So, yeah, the time and, and, and that. So, I mean, I see that a lot with, because like I'll help people implement like say a pro, like a task management program or like a CRM or something that they're, you know, we're putting some structure into what they're doing in some systems. And, you know, it's, there's like a lot of things that go into it. First of all, if somebody is not real tech savvy, then they've got like that to kind of deal with on top of the specifics. Mm -hmm. And then if you're not in the, you know, it's like a new habit and a new routine. Mm -hmm. And there's like so many things that um, that you've got to kind of put in there to implement something like that. Because now I'm going to run this like CRM or now I'm going to run this task management program. And it's like there's like a lot of things to to make that. And you just can't expect to turn it on and have it all of a sudden change your business. Like it takes time. And that's why like the whole accountability thing is so, so critical because then it's somebody like every week you're like, okay, where are we now? And then what do we need to do? And what do we need to do? And staying really focused on it because when it's hard or it's not in our wheelhouse, it's so easy to go, you know what? I just, I don't even want to look at that, you know, and, and just drop it. But is that good for your business? I mean, if you went down that road to begin with, it's something that, you know, you feel is going to be an important piece to help you become either more efficient or to help you drive sales or, you know, whatever it is, it's something you need to do. And now we got to figure out a way 
to implement it and make it work for you. Yeah. Yeah. Good stuff. And you brought up some project management software. One, one thing I like to ask all our guests is what piece of software in your business that you use personally use, you'd be pissed off if I showed up today and took it away from you. What's the game changing software in your business? ClickUp. Oh, you use ClickUp. Okay, great. Yeah, that's a project management. I make management all my tool. clients use ClickUp. <laughs> you you make them? Yeah. Or you I show you show them it. the benefit of it. Yeah. I'm just teasing. That's yes. great. And then I also like to find out: Are you a reader? You like to read? Oh, I read a lot. Yeah, I'm a huge reader. What's the best business book you could recommend to the <laughs> listeners listening on the podcast or uh, viewing on YouTube? You know what my favorite book is. It's the 12 week year. There you go. The 12 week year. Great book, week folks. Goal setting. Yeah. 12 week uh, goal setting is the way. It'll no. kick your butt into gear, folks. Just Short take a look term, at that. Yeah. And uh, I, I'm in the process keeps, of working on my first 12 week year right now. And it's, it's, uh, it's, it's really pushing me uh, through the process. The 12 week years a great book we'll we'll link to that in the show notes so check it out um yeah. the one i'm reading I, right now is really good too it's clockwork have you read that? oh yeah by mike mccallowitz yeah so yeah mike mccallowitz is yeah. good friend. he actually endorsed my new book coming out uh that's exciting yeah oh, clockwork really? is a great book yeah did beth yeah. tell you about clockwork too no no she Somebody loves said, that I, book known, yeah I've known about it and I just hadn't got around to it. And then somebody actually sent it to me. So yeah. So for um, folks listening, clockwork is about automating your business and the systems in your business and things like that. It's a great, it's a great book. Another great book from Mike McCallowitz, perennial small business author. Um, my, my favorite book by Mike is profit first. Yeah. Um, pumpkin plan is great. Um, there's just some great stuff he's come out with over the years. And, um, I'm super honored to have him endorse my book. It's exciting. And that's very uh, cool, man. Yeah, yeah, it's gonna be good. Um, yeah, yeah. It's, it's a good book for small business owners because it really gets you thinking about like what you're, you know, all the stuff you're doing versus kind of pulling back and designing a business that works for you instead of just like, being in the in the weeds all the time. Yeah. And he's got he's got a new book coming out in um the fall of 2021 and another one in 2022 he's constantly cranking out great work so it's nice. it's exciting um kathleen it's been a great conversation with you i really enjoyed it um if if the folks listening on their favorite podcast platform or viewing us on youtube want to get in touch with you either to do networking uh, partner with referrals or even possibly consider hiring you for your services how would they get in touch with you well, my website, I mean, can we, I don't know if we can pop yeah, that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, it's Kathleen-Lawson.com. So I can give you the link to that. I'm mm -hmm. also on LinkedIn and um, and Facebook. So you can definitely. Awesome. Well, we'll have all the contact information in the show notes. So make sure to check it out. Um, this is a wrap for season 20. I can't wait to talk uh, season 20. This is a wrap for season one. Uh, this is episode 20 of season one. I can't wait to have the listeners jump into what season two is all about and uh i'd love to give you all the details right now of who we've got lined up and the small business owners we've got lined up for season two but if i did that well how about if i give you this one um we are gonna have oh sorry am i breaking up oh. <laughs> 
All right, there you go. Anyway, you got to tune in. We'll be back with season two very shortly. Until next time, don't forget to live happy, smile a lot, and high five everyone around you. Thank you for listening to the Mass Business Podcast, where we focus on growing a small business and understanding networking and referrals. Don't forget to like on your favorite platform and share out this podcast. This show has been produced by Heather Grant, music by Celtic Kelly, all rights reserved. I'm your host, professional speaker, author, and word-of-mouth referral consultant, Matt Ward. Don't forget to live happy, smile a lot, and high five everyone around you. Feeling all right. the world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. the world. Make a difference today. the world. What a thing to say. Feel what I'm telling you